When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the easy bake. Like a boss, the best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's game time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM, ESPN. How about it? Welcome in Monday. Monday, February 26, 2024. It's time for the Gabe Coon Show. I am Gabe Coon, former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman. I am on X at G underscore Coon 71. I am your host. I am alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Coon Show. That would be Connor Dunning on X at C Dunning 929. Connor, how's life treating you? Gabe, it is officially Dune 2 week. Oh, my gosh. By the way, the I can't amount, handle it. I the, can't handle the it. The amount of positive reviews we're seeing from the early viewings is pretty substantial. It's nasty. I am probably going to have to mute everything related to Dune 2 on X because the hype is going to make me just explode. I I physically can't handle it. I have to wait until Friday to see it. I'm so excited. I hear you. I completely understand. I saw that IMDb through the early viewings, it is the highest rated movie of I don't know if it's all time, but it's, it's all close. time. It's right all time. 9.4 9. 4. out of 10 would be the highest rating of all time right now. I um, doubt it stays there, but well, damn it, don't that's exciting. Doubt it. I don't know if we should doubt it. I'm expecting big things. I'm so excited. I'm expecting huge things from this movie. Now, what else did you do this weekend? Hang out? You, we got uh, a Tigers we, 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 win, baby. We got a Tigers win. We watched some SNL with Shane Gillis. We did. Yeah, there were some mixed reviews, as I sort of expected. Not necessarily his... Uh, his audience for Saturday Night Live? He dropped a few words in his opening monologue that I figured a lot of people would take the wrong way. Um, and a lot of people took it the wrong way. And I think that the audience that that tuned in, I wonder what like the 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 numbers, like the ratings that come back, I wonder what they'll look like. Probably pretty damn high. If I had to guess it'll be one of their highest rated shows um this season at least for SNL. Yeah. Um and then what else? Oh, Bunko Night at the house tonight. I got Bunko. 
How should I feel about it? Can we talked about it last week. You should you be host excited. Bunko. I uh, I got five bottles of wine for the yeah. ladies. There'll yeah. be a fair amount of ladies at my house, and I snuck an extra one for me. Nice little uh, nice little bottle of Merlot, Merlot for me that Merlot? I can take upstairs and do There's my, a movie do my line I could viewing. say, but I'm not allowed to say it on air. It's from Sideways. I'm not drinking the effing Merlot. Okay. It's a great line. Merlot, you know, the wife hates Merlot. I'm, I'm a Merlot guy. I, I like Merlot. I have no opinion on it. Okay. I can't really tell the difference between super cheap bottles and super expensive bottles. I can't I either. I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not a connoisseur. Yes. Or what, what do they call them? It, there's, there's an actual word for them. There's a connoisseur. Well, a wine no, connoisseur, isn't no, it? No, come uh, on. There's there's something deeper there. Somebody can somebody. <laughs> a wine connoisseur is called something else. A wine connoisseur would be called I don't. Who cares? Who cares? It a is sommelier. A sommelier. There a we sommelier. go. That's right. That's the word right there. So, um, no, I'm, I'm a, not a sommelier. No, I'm like, is that bottle three dollars? Sweet, I'll take it. <laughs> exactly. Does it taste okay? Cool. Pour it up, and don't give me the little. Don't give me the little chintzy pour. Give me a give me a double pour, <laughs> give me a double pour. But welcome, man. We have three hours of talk, or two out, two and a half hours of talk, I should say, on the way. Courtesy of ninety two nine FM, ESPN, and yours truly on the Gabe Coon Show today. We'll talk about the Tigers beating FAU seventy eight to seventy four, and with that, um, sort of what does it mean for their tournament hopes? What do they look like right now? How much hope do you have that they'll make it into the tournament this season? We shall talk about that. But on top of that. There is more drama. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I see a lot of people talking about this. And, you know, weirdly enough, it kind of rings a little bit true, although it's a joke. Tigers need some type of drama to rally around so they can bring the intensity to the floor every night. But Malcolm Dandridge, we had a story that was broken originally by Bluff City Media. Um, and then uh, the commercial appeal and Daily Memphian picked it up as well. But Malcolm Dandridge is going to be out for the foreseeable future. Um, and it has to do with a academic issue um we're not fully privy to what it is but the memphis uh uh, higher ups the athletic department uh, people in academics they're picking it up and doing an investigation on it trying to get ahead of it so the ncaa ultimately does not penalize them in a huge way for it Um, we're also going to talk about college basketball as a whole and uh, court storming court storming is uh coming under the microscope we had the issue earlier um in the uh, in the year with Caitlin Clark getting sideswiped by a fan who who was storming the court, and then this weekend we had Kyle Filipowski um, at Wake Forest. Wake Forest beats Duke. Duke's been trending in the right direction and playing really good basketball, but Wake Forest got over top. Kyle Filipowski gets taken out and he has an ankle injury. They had to sort of carry him off of the court. We'll talk about that and uh, John Shire's comments on, it. of course, the head coach at Duke. I just think there needs to be some middle ground with this thing. Don't necessarily have to ban court stormings altogether, but also I don't think court stormings need to happen as often as they do. I think we're talking about three a week so far this year. That's just that's that's far too much. And, and I think there is definitely, without question, without question, a safety concern that comes with court storming. That's too many people trampling onto the court while players are trying to get off of it. It's just too much. It is certainly too much. Now, as far as guests are concerned, Jeff Calkins will join at 5 o'clock. We'll talk about the Tigers, Malco, Grizzlies, the whole thing. He's from the Daily Memphian and the Jeff Calkins Show. Then at 6 o'clock, it is a Daily Memphian takeover as Parth Upadhyay will join from the Daily Memphian. He's a Tiger basketball beat reporter for them. We'll talk about Tigers and Malco and the rest of the AAC. It's interesting. South Florida gets in the AP poll this week. Did you see where they're at in Ken Palm? While they got it, they're the number 25 team in the country, according to the AP poll. Do you see where they're at in Ken Palm? 
I didn't. I saw, I saw that they were in the top 25. I didn't see their Kim Pong. 93. <laughs> Everything continues to make a lot of sense. Right, listen, <laughs> I, I, I think that the Ken Palm and the net and everything means a whole lot more than the AP poll. I, I think there was a voter this week who put Arizona State at 14 and 14, by the way, at number nine in the country. So uh, the AP poll, I don't really care that much about. Um, I do give credit to South Florida where it's due. They are 21 and 5, and they only have one loss in conference, but they're still probably. Going with with all likelihood, going to have to run through the AAC tournament to really make their stake their claim to get into the NCAA tournament ultimately. So we shall see. But then we'll pass you off at about six thirty to Jessica Benson for Grizzlies versus the Nets. Hey, by the way, Friday, Grizzlies versus Clippers. Hey, not bad, not bad at all. I think Jaron Jackson Jr., by the end of that game, down the stretch, he was the reason they ended up losing that game. But he was also most of the reason they were in it up to that point. He had a turnover and two missed, two missed, uh, two missed bunnies toward the rim to, to lose that game. But 101-95 against the Clippers, first game out of the All-Star break. I'll take it. I'll take it. With where this team has trended, with the injuries they've had to deal with, um, that is there. Now they will take on the Nets tonight, and the Nets are actually one game ahead of them from the bottom. So... If they beat the Nets tonight, they could pass and be the eighth-worst team in the NBA record-wise. So I think a lot of people would say, hey, lose this one, but I think it's a very winnable game for the Grizzlies the way they have been trending. Now, uh, I want to open on the Tigers versus FAU. Tigers are 20-8. and eight. They are 9-6 and six in the conference, and they handled business against Florida Atlantic 78-74. to 74. And why did they win the game? A um, few things. That are, that are pretty simple. One, rotation was down to six guys because of Malcolm Dandridge in his, in his absence and likely his absence for the rest of the year. David Jones, Nick Jordan, Naquan Tomlin, Javon Quinterly, and Jaquan Walton all had 30 or more minutes. The only person on the bench that broke 10 minutes was Jaden Hardaway at 16. Then you had Joe Cooper, Jordan Brown, Jonathan Pierre, Ashton Hardaway. Ashton Hardaway, five minutes. Jonathan Pierre, one, really less than one. Uh, Jordan Brown, two, and then Joe Cooper, seven. Six guys. I, I like. I, I I go back in the history of Penny Hardaway, and I try to find a situation where he's only played for a majority of the game. Six guys. I can't find it. Just it doesn't exist. And you know, as people talk about the Clemson game from earlier this year, he played nine guys, and ever, all four of the guys he brought off of the bench had ten or more uh, minutes played. This was a situation where he said, "I'm going to stick with these six guys, and I am not going to give it up." And quite frankly, they showed why they should be trusted. In that way, David Jones, by the end of that game, showed up massively. 25 points, 11 rebounds, 2 assists, 8 for 20 from the field. Got to the free throw line a fair amount, 8 times. Converted 7 of them. Um, Naquan Tomlin won AAC Player of the Week for what he did this past week. But he was playing the 5. He was the guy who played the 3 against Charlotte. You're seeing his versatility and what he brings to the floor. But 21 points, 8 rebounds, 9 for 13 from the field, 2 for 4 from 3. Um, and then he had three steals and two blocks and five offensive rebounds that meant a whole lot for this team. Between him and Nick Jordan, 11 offensive rebounds. The, the effort and the intensity they're showing on that end of the floor, I mean, it's, it's definitely palpable. It, it, is, it is right there. And then Javon Quinterly, I talked about him on Friday. Yes, the buck starts and stops with him in a lot of ways because he is the point guard for this team. And he can be the most communicative. He has his hands on the ball most of the time, especially in the offensive end. But what he did is exactly what we talked about on Friday, Connor. Exactly what we talked about on Friday. 
You don't have to be this guy who puts up a whole bunch of shots. Now, did he put up 17? Yes. And was he 0 for 6 from the field? Yes. Or from three-point three line? Yes. But Javon Quinterly needs to play within himself, and we talk about game managers in the NFL all the time and quarterbacks. The Brock Purdy's of the world, and, you know, you keep going down the list. I think the reason Patrick Mahomes has been so successful the past few years is because he has come become more of a game manager, but we can have that discussion at a, at a later date. Um, but Javon Quinterly became a game manager in a lot of ways in that game. 14 points, six assists, no turnovers, zero turnovers. And then the, the, the big thing with Javon Quinterly having zero turnovers, the Tigers only had five the entire game, two at halftime. It's pretty simple. Six, six turnovers the entire game, two at halftime. It's pretty simple why they won that game. They took care of the ball. They played hard. They got knockaways. They got points off turnovers. They, they won in that category 18-5. to five. And you beat Ford Atlantic, get your revenge. You'll see them last game of the year coming up next Saturday. That game felt like an NCAA tournament game when you were watching it. It was awesome. The energy from the crowd was electric from the tip. The players came out. They played with desperation. They played with purpose. And most importantly, they played together, especially on the defensive end. It's probably the best defensive performance they have had the entire season. They communicated constantly. They weren't overhelping. They weren't selling out and giving guys open shots. They were crashing the boards as a team, and on offense, it looked like a completely different Tigers team. Like you said, they only had six turnovers as a team. That's tremendous, tremendous. Javon Quinterly, like you said, was taking a lot of shots. He was a bit shot-happy in the first half, really slowed it down and controlled the pace of play, though, in the second half. It was just... It was the Memphis Tigers team all of us thought they could be this season, and we have seen this season. This was the non-con team showed up again to punch FAU in the mouth, and I can't lie. It was it was sweet. It was sweet watching it. Um, Shout-out to everybody in the crowd that had the We Call Timeout yes. <laughs> t- T-shirts. Those were absolutely tremendous. And Naquan Tomlin, I don't think – you know, too much can be said about his performance. One of the reasons he came to the University of Memphis was to help avenge the loss that not only the Tigers had to FAU, but he had to FAU at Kansas State. And hell of a moment to pick, you know, to have your best game as a Memphis Tiger. His activity on the defensive end was absolutely tremendous, and he did it without fouling. It's You could not have asked for a better performance from (laughs) Naquan Tomlin. And he's screaming up and down the floor after getting big buckets, getting big stops. It felt so much like DeAndre Williams. It really did. Yeah, it really did. I I said that way early in the season, right when he joined the team, and that may have been a little early because he fouled out and he's had some struggles. (laughs) We we had a new toy. We were like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and and he's had some struggles in a Tigers uniform. But these last two games, the energy he's bringing, the desperation he's playing with, this is DeAndre. It feels like DeAndre. Yeah, and I will say, and the versatility, too. That's one thing that I think has been sort of put on the back burner a little bit. This is a guy who played the three against Charlotte right. in that 24-point win. Now he goes to the five. Now, Vlad Golden had his had had a great game. He had nine. He was nine for nine from the field. He had 20-some-odd points. But at the same time, you let him get his game off, and you covered the three-point line. It felt very similar. And tell me if you remember this game from last year. They played Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. And Victor Lockin yeah. went for 30. Went for 30. But what they did, because Cincinnati was the best three-point shooting team in the league, they made sure that they closed out on the three-point line. It felt very similar to that game plan. And it, and, it, and it worked to perfection, quite frankly. I mean, they had FAU in that second half. They had them in hell. 
in a few moments on the defensive end. They held them to 25% from the three-point line. FAU's a very good three-point shooting team. 37, 36, almost 37%. And that comes off of a Charlotte performance where the defense held them to, I think, where they only hit five threes. They were like five for 26 in that game. So two games in a row, you have seen the adjustments that the Tigers and Penny Hardaway have made on the defensive end are working. So continue to do that. That half-court defense, letting those guys sit back now, and get prepared, it really helps. Because you saw in the first half, they kind of tried to do the press yes. for the first few minutes. There were, there were some moments throughout bit, the game where he threw the press in there, but he got out chaotic. of it pretty quickly. And then when he got out of it, the, the guys settled into the rotation. They settled into their roles. And it was, it was man, I can't lie. It was a joy to watch. I and, was at a brunch watching it, so there were a few people watching the game, and it felt like it felt like watching the Memphis Tigers team that we believe they could be the entire season. The effort that they showed and the intensity that they showed was phenomenal. And uh, you just you hope that they can come out and do that every single game because we talked about are they going to allow the hope to grow? You know, did that one yep. percent of hope? I would say it's grown, and maybe it's in the double digits now. Maybe we're at ten percent yes. of hope now for maybe what they could do in the tournament. Because when this team executes, executes. They are so talented, and they can put it on a team so fast. It's exactly what you saw yesterday. They executed the game plan. They had the energy. Penny really set them up for success. And then when you get performances like you did from David Jones and Naquan Tomlin, it's extremely hard to beat this team. It's so hard to beat this team when they're not turning the ball over and they're playing together on the defensive end. And I can see, too, like this is this is very real to me, Penny going into more of these half-court defenses, letting them sit down. There's a reason he was only a, he was able to play six guys yesterday for the most part. Able to play six guys big minutes. All his starters getting 30 minutes because now they're not overextending, overhelping, uh, expending a whole lot of energy on that end, trying to go through a full-court press the entire game. So now you can play your best players for extended minutes, and you can trust them out there for longer. I right. think that, they're, that, that, that goes hand in hand. There's no question in my mind about it. Now, when we're talking about rooting interest going into the AAC tournament, Tigers still have some work to do. Um, if they want to get to that sort of buys, we've been uh, the buys, the top four teams. Um, they are at sixth right now in the American Athletic Conference behind SMU, UAB, Charlotte, Florida Atlantic, and South Florida, who's at the top, who will not be caught. They have clinched. They have clinched the, the, the top spot going into the AAC tournament. Um, but we've been talking about four games in four days. I think that there is, you know, a, a still realistic proposition out there. I'd put it around 50-50 that they can get into the top four. They're obviously going to have to win their last three games. That much is very clear. But if you have rooting interest for the next week, you want um, Tulane to handle business over North Texas. You want Wichita State to handle business over UAB. You want Tulane over FAU. You want UTSA over SMU. You want South Florida over Charlotte. Then, of course, you want ECU over North Texas. Now, I know that that's a lot to sort of pay attention to here just in the next week. But that's the position we're in right this second. If they want to get to a top-four seed uh, by the time they get to the AAC tournament so they only have to win two games to get to the championship game, they need a lot of help. They've put themselves in this position. There is a chance they can get out. There's a chance that they can make up the ground that they've lost, at least in the AAC, but they have taken it out of their own hands, and that's just what you have to deal with right now. Absolutely, and it does feel like that next game against FAU is going to be massive because it was sweet, sweet revenge in this one, but the job's not finished. You know, you still got another big game against them to take care of, and you have some more work to do in conference, and you need some help. You do need some help. So, um, But crazier things have happened in college basketball. The good news is, is that every single one of those quote-unquote upsets that you read off is fully possible because right. this conference this season has been pretty hectic. So you could see some of those going down. So um, 
I'm excited to see what happens. I It was fun watching the Memphis Tigers again, and it's been fun the last two games. And you just hope that this intensity and this effort and this type of game plan stays present you know, the rest of the season and the rest of the time we see them play yes. basketball. Yeah, um, and, and I think the biggest thing, uh, you obviously don't turn the ball over. Best players play like your best players. Have more assists than turnovers. Like, just copy-paste all those things. Also, the defensive adjustments they've made, they have sucked. They have been really bad at covering the three-point line this year. Yeah. Last two games, though, against Charlotte, 28.6% from three. That's what Charlotte was, 25% for a team also in Florida Atlantic who shot 36 going on 37% from three. And their two top guys combined for two for 11 from three, um, Elijah Martin and John L. Davis. John L. Davis is shooting, uh, was shooting going into the game 46% from three. He was one for five. Keep that up. They right? getting at, the those very least, looks. at the very least, you have had this talent, like you have had everybody else at a talent disadvantage when they go up against you, but you've allowed them to make up that gap with the three-point ball, the great equalizer in, in basketball at every single level. The last two games, they've changed that. they flipped that on their head, flipped that on its head, and they've gotten two massive wins, one by 24 points and one against one of the best teams in this conference, arguably the best team in this conference in Florida. Atlanta. Right, and I, I think that one guy that deserves a lot of credit that we haven't really talked about yet, Jaquan Walton. Yes. He's really stepped up when in the last few games, and he is he's become a pseudo-dirty work guy for him. On the you defensive know, he's, end, he's on been defense, very solid. He, had, he forced three steals in that game, and he had a, a lot of great activity. He's not overshooting. He's really picking his spots, and I just think, you know, because he had a stretch where he struggled. He really did. And he came back, and he is back. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Bounce back and give them the Tigers exactly what they want. And I can't lie. I am a huge fan of how Penny is deploying Joe Cooper. Oh, of course. He's just like, energy, 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 energy. Go, go, go. Give Javon Quinterly a little time off the floor or time off the ball. Because you know you're getting defensive intensity from him. Yes. Intensity in general, it's strange, though, man. Like, watching Joe Cooper out there, obviously he's not the most talented player. He's not going to give you a whole bunch of stats. He's not going to accrue a whole bunch of stats with the minutes he's out there. But when he's out there, you see everybody rallying behind him. It's the given. And this factor. is a damn walk-on who's five foot eleven. It was a five foot eleven point guard who you didn't think would play a lick this year. Yet you see everybody sort of following his lead. He brings this energy, this passion. 
that Naquan Tomlin's latching on to, that Jaquan Walton's latching on to. And it's like, I listen, sometimes, you know, intensity, energy, you know, finding these things, you find them in strange places. This is one of the strangest places I've seen, though. Now, it does make sense. He's sort of a hometown, uh, homegrown kid, went to Olive Branch, has been through the ringer, has gone to JUCO, has really fought his way through his, his college basketball career. But to see that being the guy, the walk-on 5'11 point guard, him being the the energy base for this team in this stretch, it's just strange. Like, it's I think not, we can all admit that. It's not too far off from, like, Rudy. Like, that's kind of what it reminds me of. That guy gets in there and everybody rallies around him. <laughs> I mean, you need that spark from somewhere, and he has absolutely been giving it to him. You know he's got to be absolute hell to go up against in practice. You know, they're just like, hey, man, can you relax? <laughs> Joe, the scout, relax. The scout team hero <laughs> that I always hated when I was in college. Yeah, no, I get it. But no, I completely he, understand. Him coming in and, and giving... Quinterly, just a few moments of rest was so big because he can come in and he's not going to hurt you defensively. He may not be giving you a ton on the offensive end, but he's locking down and he's in the moment defensively, and that's what you can ask. So, in between him and Nick Jordan during dirty work and Draquan Walton during dirty work, just a great performance from the team yesterday. I just the energy that they showed is something we have been asking to see for a while. You saw it a bit against Charlotte, but they really showed up, and it, it felt like they understood the moment yesterday during the game. They knew this is a huge game, not only for, you know, this season, but just for pride in general. We have got to beat this and FAU team if to, we want any hope moving forward. And it's, it is it is also strange, not just the Joe Cooper thing, but to see, and we'll talk about it at length here in this next segment, but uh, Malcolm Dandridge likely out for the year with the academic issues that are, that are plaguing this program right now in an investigation. But to see them bring this type of energy – when that type of, of sort of distraction is happening off the floor, that means something to me. And that means something to a lot of the fans. Yeah. Like to just have, get, a, get a moment to ignore all that nonsense, to see this team still play hard, fight for their coach, fight for their teammates, that, that's, that's fun. Well, that's and very, you could really fun. tell that a guy like David Jones understood that with Malco being out, you have to crash the glass. Yep. And his effort on the board yesterday was just tremendous. The last few games, his, his effort's been... Fantastic. David Jones, they man. Did, what a fun thing. player to watch. Here's the thing. Like, this team yesterday, we don't have to act. like They look better on the offensive end because they have more sets and they're more sure, organized. Sure, They didn't shoot well no. at all. It starts I mean, they, they got outshot uh, from the field and from the three-point line, even though even though um, Florida Atlantic was 25% from the three-point line. Tigers were 18%. So they got outshot, but they worked their ass off on the defensive end, won 18-5 to in points off turnovers, and then they won in second-chance opportunities and second-chance points. The first they half, beat them on the offensive end. <laughs> the first half was a bit of a rock fight. It really yeah. was. It, it felt like a rock fight. And then the second half, the Tigers, it wasn't, you know, both teams were better offensively, but that defense, it was all about the defense yesterday for the Memphis Tigers. Yep. Defense leading to offense, and that's exactly what you saw. And, uh, you know, Penny and the team deserve a ton of credit. Um, now, where do we rank a proposal – a marriage proposal, and the guy got a yes mm. during the chicken dance. Where do we rank that? During the chicken dance. So it's it appears he winged it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, no. It was he, a, in you the know, decision, he answered in the to moment. Jeff Calkins this morning when Jeff was talking about it, and he said he, it was in the moment. He got on the big screen and said, you know what, this is the time. If she's happy and he's happy, I'm all for it. Personally, I'm not, I wouldn't have done it during the chicken dance, just personally. But, hey, maybe that's... That's I don't know their relationship. It's a good memory, I guess. I'm happy for them. It's a fun little wrinkle to the game, especially when it comes in a win. 
So sure, and why not? We need some fun this year. He with said he was going to do it after the game, but he just sort of got put on the big screen. He said, "Hey, let's do this." And he said also that the first uh, their first date was at a Tiger. Oh yeah, game. it makes sense. So, so it, it makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah, it, it definitely checks out. But I thought that was fun. It was fun. Good was for fun. them. I'm happy for them. I, again, I don't think I agree with you. I don't know if the chicken dance would be my my decision. But if I got on the big screen and I felt, hey, I have this ring in my pocket, I'm going to do it anyway. Why not right now? Let's go make it happen. Congrats to them. Yes, 100%. So congrats to our man who got the yes during the chicken dance at the game yesterday. Now I want to move on to a little bit of court storming talk because this is uh, definitely coming under fire. There's been three a week so far this year. Sheesh. And it's been coming under uh, a lot of uh, discussion, and you know, there's been a lot of back and forth on it. Um, now we know Caitlin Clark got clipped earlier in the year. Uh, obviously, she didn't have any injuries that she sustained that were, you know, long-lasting, but it was definitely a scary moment. And then this weekend, uh, on Saturday, we had Wake Forest versus Duke. Duke was visiting Wake Forest, and they lost 83-79. to uh, It went final. Uh, the buzzer sounded, and here comes all the Wake Forest fans. Kyle Filipowski, best player for Duke, guy who will likely be, you know, a late lottery um, I, I think the la- you know, sort of the, the trading range for him is late lottery into the 20s um, for the NBA draft. He is highly thought of, highly decorated Duke guy. He got clipped, and he had an injury. He had, a, he had an ankle sprain that he sustained during the court storming at Wake Forest. And I don't think anybody's overly happy to see anything like that. Um, there is a lot of safety concerns when you have that many people rushing the court at once when the players are still on the floor and John Shire, head coach for Duke, did speak up on it after the game, and, and, and this is what he had to say. Disappointed we lost. Uh, but look, for me, it's I'm more concerned about the, the well-being of our guys. You know, Flip sprains his ankle. When are we going to ban court storming? Like, when are we going to ban that? Like, how many times does a player have to get into something where they get punched or they get pushed or they get taunted right in their face? And it, it's a dangerous thing. And I don't want that to take away from the game that Wake played. Because Wake played a big-time game. Salas was as good as could be today. And, and hats off to them. But you look around the country and Caitlin Clark, something happens. And now Flip, I don't know what his status is going to be. He sprains his ankle. And it's one thing, like when I played, at least it was 10 seconds in the court. You know, you would storm the court. Now it's the buzzer doesn't even go off, and they're they're running on the floor. And this has happened to us a bunch this year. Um, it's part of it. I don't want this to take away at all from Wake. They earned it. They deserve the win. Steve is a hell of a coach. I respect the heck out of him and his team. They're, they're really good. And if this is an example that they need to be in the tournament, what are we even talking about? So I'll answer any questions. But for me, that's hats off to them. We need to be better. We need to learn from this. Uh, but uh, that needs to stop. Now, uh, uh, sidebar before we get into the court storming, Hunter Salas, who he mentioned in that um, in high regard. Hunter Salas has been phenomenal. Last five games for Wake, 22.6 points per game, 4.8 rebounds per game, 2.6 assists per game, 66.7% from three on five attempts per game. And he is looking more and more like the five-star prospect he was coming out of high school going to Gonzaga. And I think likely, you know, when we talk about the NBA draft, he'll be, he'll be a relatively high pick. Now, on the court storming, I understand where there is safety concerns, and I understand 
where we ignore those in a lot of ways to allow the fans to have a little bit of fun, and we need to stop doing that. Um, some of these things that have happened, people have gotten hurt in the past. Like I, I think that um, you know, people assume you know just because we haven't seen it in, in you know on ESPN on the front page that guys have not sustained pretty substantial injuries because of this. But in the past, we have seen that on several occasions. It may be at a smaller school. It may be in a, in a place that ESPN is not going to actually put it on for the front page. But now that we see it with Kyle Filipowski, it definitely comes to the, the collective minds of everybody. And we see it with Duke, it comes to the collective minds of everybody. Now, I will say this on, on John Shire's behalf. Um, I think John Shire is on point for the most part. Um, there's safety concerns that we decide to ignore when we shouldn't ignore them. Um, and we've seen things like this happen in the past. I will say on John Shire's behalf, though, <laughs> um, I think he went a little bit too far talking about banning court storming. I think that um, it's always been you know, part of the, the collective experience. In college basketball, I think you lose at least a tad bit when you don't see this, the court storming, um, when you beat a top-10 team and you beat a team that you're not used to beating on your home floor. Um, the one suggestion, and this is a common-sense suggestion that I would make, is have more security and make very clear that until the players decide to get off the floor, until the players get off the floor, you can get that done relatively quickly, by the way, no one's going to be storming the court. Because when you put guys into you know, situations like that where you have hundreds of fans storming directly at them while they're still on the floor, you put them directly in the line of fire. So the common sense solution to this is allow the guys to clear the floor before you have the court storming. I know that some people will say that's easier said than done, but I think it's pretty easily done as well. Yeah, that's my biggest suggestion or my biggest thought watching it was you don't need to get rid of court storming as a whole. I do think, though, School. We've got to relax on who we storm the court for. Uh, agreed. And I, I'll say that. To, yes, it's a little it much. It needs to become a, a special thing again. It has become like, oh, you're beating a rival, so you're storming the court. That's not what it necessarily needs to be. I still think if you beat like a top ten school and it's a huge upset, I think Wake sure. Forest. I think Wake Forest. That was a court storming situation. Sure, you like, beat Duke on your home floor. You're fighting right. for an NCAA tournament bid. It meant something to you. This could potentially get you over the top. Go ahead and storm the court. Just let Duke get off the damn floor. Right. First. Just let the players get off the court and it just wait ten seconds after the buzz. It needs to be like you have to wait ten seconds after the buzzer because. Because storming the court before the buzzer goes off is quite ridiculous, and it is leading to players getting injured, which you cannot have happen. Can't have happen. So, yeah, I don't think you need to get rid of court storming as a whole, but there needs to be some parameters around it, and it needs to become a special thing again. It's happening far too much. There's got to be more understanding of the security, too, to have more of an oversight of it. And I understand there's so many people out there. I get that. But when you have guys getting into the face of opposing players, when you have guys completely coming up, and, 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 you know, breaking that boundary of, you know, talking trash to the players on the floor when they were not even involved in the game. They were just a fan. That's just too much. And I think we take too many liberties. Uh, fans take too many liberties in that regard, as is. Um, but uh, there's common sense solutions to this. There really is. And we, we, we can find them pretty easily. We don't have to ban court stormings. Just have to make sure we're not putting opposing players in the line of fire. Yeah. I think it is very simple, very laid out. Yeah. I, I also, I'm not super down with people going after Flip, too, for putting his arms out and maybe getting ready for the contest. He should it's never like, be in that situation. He should never be in that situation. When he's being, when the court is being stormed by 
hundreds of Wake Forest fans, he can defend himself and he can get ready, brace for impact. I'm totally fine with that. And, and, and I, also, I have no issues what, what, with what he did. What's okay? bothersome is <laughs> like silly. people want to ignore the fact that— That's so silly. People want to ignore the fact that like the guy ran directly into Kyle Filipowski's line. At least try to swerve around him. The fan made no effort to try to swerve around him or do anything. He was purposefully trying to go make that happen. I, I think if you know court storming ended, I w- we would lose a little bit of the the pageantry around college basketball and some of these big upsets. But there are common sense solutions. Just allow time for the damn opposing players to get off the floor before you have hundreds and hundreds of fans running directly at them. Drunk college fans, yes, too. It's very simple. Very simple. Very simple. Now, we need to go ahead and grab a break. And uh, no, it's not so simple. It's this Malcolm Dandridge situation. Now, it was first uh, reported by Bluff City Media over the weekend that Malcolm Dandridge is likely going to have to sit out the rest of the year um, because of an academic situation that has arisen at the University of Memphis. They are doing an investigation. Um, they are trying to self-report at the moment, so we'll break down all the details. And what does it mean for the Tigers? What does it mean for Malcolm Dangerous? What does it mean for Penny Hardaway? All that next, right here, 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Back in on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Now, Malcolm Dandridge, over the weekend, we had a bunch of news drops. Um, and, you know, we did have an official announcement of the Malcolm Dandridge news from the University of Memphis. Malcolm Dandridge is caught up in an academic scandal of sorts. He is the only name that has been mentioned by the University of Memphis, but it's being investigated right this second, um, and likely he will be out for the rest of the year. The University of Memphis put out a statement saying the University of Memphis is currently gathering and reviewing information regarding a potential issue impacting Malcolm Dandridge's eligibility and is withholding him from competition until further notice. To protect the integrity of that process, we are unable to comment further at this time. Now, Penny was asked after the game about it, and he said he will not comment any further at this time. Now, I, I want to start real quick about the source that put this out originally, and that's Bluff City Media. Um, I do a podcast for Bluff City Media, and, and I've seen a lot of back and forth about you know their sources and when they put it out and all of these things. I will tell you right now, uh, Hitman Hoops, he's a guy who got to it first. Obviously, he doesn't list his name, um, but Roman Cleary was also part of of, of getting that information as well as other people behind the scenes at Bluff City Media. When you see a drop from them, when you see a report from them, I can, t- I can guarantee you, I can promise you that those reports mean just as much as some of the bigger uh, you know, names around, around this area. Whether it's Commercial Appeal or Daily Memphis, if they're putting it out, if they're putting it out there in general, uh, there, there has been checking with sources and there has been a, a, a checklist that they have gone through to be able to put that information out. And I've seen a lot of people discussing, you know, uh, you know, journalistic integrity and things like that. If Bluff City Media is putting it out, I promise you it is good information. And I want to give a couple of uh, sort of there's been, there's been a bunch of back and forth on this kind of I don't know if you've seen it. it, 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 it I, I, the fact that I'm approaching this kind of bothers me in general. Um, but I do do a podcast for them, so I feel like I need to sort of put it out there. Um, these were young men, young guys who ended up getting this report and putting it out there. Um, Roman, of course, still goes to the University of Memphis. And I, and I just want to be clear, um, they were going back and forth, at least Hitman, Hoops, and you know some of the other people around the, the, the you know, Twitter sphere and social media. 
I think that you lose credibility when you go back and forth over finding drops like this, finding news drops and breaking news. When you go back and forth, you lose credibility. But I also think on the other side of this thing, I don't think they need to be questioned and called into question their 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 dignity, their integrity as journalists. They're young journalists, but we need to lift up those guys. We need to uh, bring them along. Um, and if they got the story out there and they got the details correct, that's all that really matters. Um, they don't need confirmation in the grand scheme of things. I think that's an overrated thing always. If you get the news um, and, you, and you don't get confirmed, you got the news. Just show your work. Continue to show your work. But on the other side, I, I, I found it in bad taste, and it felt like a lot of sour grapes from other publications around, uh, around Memphis coming after them and their journalistic integrity. So that's the last thing I'll say on, on that. It's just it's frustrating to see how that all played out this weekend. I, I tend to agree. Scoop wars are silly and nobody benefits from them. Um, Everyone loses credibility and, 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 well, and just, respect from it, going through it that doesn't type mat- of thing. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Like it, these, these guys broke the story. It sounds like their information was correct. So what's the issue? Yes. I, I, if there was I incorrect information, I would be like, okay, we can talk about integrity and, and being anonymous and stuff there like that. There was the discussion but, about being first versus being correct, and I think well, they, are both. they were first and correct. <laughs> they, they so, like, in the end of the day, you know, I, 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 I agreed to do a podcast with Bluff City Media for a reason. These are well-connected people who, who have the best interest of the Memphis sports scene in their mind. And um, for people to, you know, question the integrity of – their site and, and the media company as a whole, I just found, I found that very strange. Very my, strange. Just because it's not the normal place that you receive breaking news from does not mean that it's incorrect. My biggest thought is we know how hard it is to break into Memphis media being in the city. It is very difficult to break into Memphis media. And if young guys have done that and they do it successfully and with a story like this, we should be praising them rather than tearing them down. Yes. It's, it's kind of my biggest But I, I will. Here's my other thing, though, for the young guys that want to go back and forth and, you know. You don't need to. Protect themselves. Don't do that. There's no need to do that. Um, the more you go back and forth with people, the less, the less sort of you, you get respected in that space is the, the way I'll put it. Si- being silent says a lot. Yes. I'll say that. Just keep showing the work. Just keep showing the work, and then more people will respect you as it continues to go along. And the next time you put out breaking news, the more they'll be able to latch on to it and trust it. Right. But just there's no reason to go back and forth with people about the news that you may or may not have. It's just it, it's, a, it's a losing game for you in the end of the day as a, as a young journalist. Um, there's no reason to, to – if you got the information, you got the information. Keep doing that. Right. And then move on with your life. And there's also no reason for other people to come out and, oh, well, confirm it. Give them credit for the story that they put out there. In the end of the day, they're going to do, you know, the commercial appeal, the Daily Memphian. They're going to do their own digging into it. They're going to try to confirm with sources. And in the end of the day, they're going to put out whatever report they want to put out. So just keep showing the work. Keep moving forward. Right. And that's, that's the best way I can put it. Now on Malcolm Dandridge's front, it looks like this is an act. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Academic situation. Uh, that came up over the weekend, and, and really there was murmurs about it, uh, you know, in the middle of the week last week. Um, it looks like he's not going to be in a Tiger uniform for the rest of his career. So what does this mean for Malcolm? Um, I'm sad for him. I really am. Uh, this was a guy who, who came in this year in, in his final year of eligibility and has played some of the best ball of his career, and he's meant a lot to this team uh, as a vocal leader, as a, a, a leader by example. Um, the energy he's brought in on the defensive end every night, um, some of the finishes around the rim, like it, it breaks my heart that this is likely the last time we'll see Malcolm in a, in a Memphis uniform. He's a homegrown kid. He's sort of the last of that, that Memphis East class that, uh, that Penny brought in uh, at the beginning of his career. And to see him out and everybody else out before him, you know, they're, they're, you, you have to feel a certain type of way about that. But uh, if some of these things are true and the investigation comes back and points directly to him, he has no one to blame but himself. Um, we, we're not privy to details. We can just sit here and speculate about what the details are. But, you know, he's graduated. He can move on with his life. He was on the uh, bench yesterday, so there is that. If you want to read into that, I don't think you should. But um, it, it is sad to see him go, but it, it seems like it's something that was within his control that he did wrong. Um, so there is sort of a double-edged sword there. Now, what does this mean for the team in general? It means that they're going to be very, very thin when it comes to fives, when it comes to, to big men. And we saw that sort of rear its ugly head yesterday with, with uh, Vlad Golden doing what he did, nine for nine from the field. He seemed unstoppable on the offensive end. Um, so Naquan Tomlin's going to have to take over at the five. And then when you look at your depth, it's just not quite there. If Naquan Tomlin needs a breather, the only guy you can bring in is Jordan Brown. How much do you trust Jordan Brown at this point? Probably not all that much. He missed 10 games. The Tigers were 10-0. and He came back. They started struggling. And he has been struggling with his, his conditioning and all those things along the way. And he may be, you know, looking back at when he was taken as the Lou Henson Award winner in 19-9 and at Louisiana, maybe he was not the most natural fit. 
but he is sort of the depth you have at that position right now, and that is a cause for concern um, because you don't know how long he can play if he can be very, very good within the system that Penny Hardaway has run out there. Um, what does this mean for the University of Memphis as a whole and, and Penny Hardaway? <sighs> We'll, 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 we'll keep following it. I think that's an incomplete answer right now. But what I will say is we're looking at three incidences that could involve the NCAA in six years for Penny, and that never looks good. It looks like a lack of institutional control. It looks like you let things spiral out of control that you have a, a, a hand in, that you could potentially have a hand in. It looks like you're not paying attention. You're just sort of turning a blind eye to certain things that come with being at the top of a program. Uh, you need to understand everything that's happening around you, and it feels like that has not been the case since Penny Hardaway took the reins of this thing. Now, I think for Penny Hardaway and for the University of Memphis, the big hope is that no other players are implicated, that this is strictly a Malcolm Dandridge thing, that we can move forward and Malcolm can move out of the program and uh, other guys don't have to you know, follow in his footsteps uh, of having to leave the program. Um, but that's something that they're gonna have, we're going to have to monitor as the days go along, if there are more people involved with this thing, if there are more players involved alongside Malcolm Dandridge, that could be very, very tricky. That could be very, very bad. And people will say, you know, there's been two NCAA instances um, or, or issues, violations, where Penny had to get suspended three games at the start of this year for self-reporting recruiting violations, then the James Wiseman thing. Um, and they'll say, oh, well, this is just a University of Memphis investigation. No, the, the, the reason the University of Memphis is launching an investigation is to self-report certain things so the NCAA does not have to get as involved as they have been in the past. And the Tigers are on probation for the next few years, so this was something that happened under the nose of a probationary period for the NCAA. So for people that are trying to latch onto that, you're wrong as well. The NCAA could potentially get involved with this. You don't want that to happen but violations and issues could spring. So it's just something that's incomplete. We're in the very beginning stages of the process and the investigation going into it. So uh, I, I, everybody just stand idly by, enjoy the season. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's one of those stories when it first broke and I read it. The, the first reaction is just, damn, like, come on, Malco. It sounds right. like something that was so easily avoidable um, and just, a bad mistake that he made and it is unfortunate and it is sad it's disappointing because he has been such an important part of this team and an important part of the penny hardaway era um up to this point like you said he's 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 last east guy still there and he's one of the guys that understands what it means to play for the university of memphis and it's just it's sad that he's not going to be able to finish out his playing career as it looks right now for the Memphis Tigers. So um, it's just disappointing, and it's another one of those, come on, man, we, do we need more drama surrounding this team right that's now? Just sort of Especially, what, that's what the Penny Hardaway era has and been And I think the biggest thing that you touched on, though, was that in October of 2022, we all celebrated that ultimately the penalties on Memphis were softened and all they received was three years of probation and no postseason ban, and that felt like a huge win. But it came with the idea, okay, you're going to be you're going to be watched a little bit more closely now because you are, are on probation. So if you can avoid the easy mistakes, do that. And this seems like one of those easy mistakes that could have been avoided. So you yes. hope that no other players are involved so that this thing can be kind of come and go, but that's the hope right now, and, and we, don't, we don't really know yet. And, and here's the problem you're going to run into. I think a lot of people will take offense to this as it continues to go along and the investigation goes along, but the national media has grabbed onto this, and they will continue to discuss this, but right. the, the view of this uh, from a national media perspective will continue to be, and I think a lot of people in town will probably latch onto this idea as well, 
is that, that Penny Hardaway, through all of the trials and tribulations, the James Wiseman situation, the, the recruiting violations that he had to be suspended for the first three games of the year for, you hope that through all of this he would have learned, right? That he'd have tighter watch, more understanding of what's going on around him, try to avoid things like this. But now that this pops up, a guy that's a fifth-year senior, a fifth-year senior that should know better, getting caught up in something like this, it, it it will continue to be, you know, Penny Hardaway does not have full control of that program and he's not understanding the things going on around him. Um, I, I think there could be some truth to that. Um, does that mean Penny is incapable of learning how to get a hold of these things? No. But through a six-year period, three examples of, of sort of scandals going on, it's just not a good look. It's not a good look. And I know people are going to, you know, when national media grab onto it and they write stories about it and they discuss Penny Hardaway in this manner, people are going to try to come to his defense. But, you know, the truth of the matter is the proof is in the pudding here. And when you allow things to perpetuate year after year after year, when you have this type of, uh, you know, these type of issues consistently, those things are above board. They're fair. They're fair to, to, to criticize. So, um, I know that we're going to see that. I just wanted to get ahead of it. I wanted to get ahead of it. But Malcolm Dandridge, in all likelihood, will not suit up for the Tigers again. And I think it's a shame. But in the end of the day, seemingly, um, we'll see the investigation and what they find. But seemingly, he has no one else to blame but himself. Now, Community Fisbo, if you're looking to sell your house, make sure that you look into Community Fisbo. At FSBO, people are going to ask, what does that mean? It means for sale by owner. So if you want to sell your house yourself and you don't want to have to go through all the, 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 the realty companies and deal with all that, they will give you the tools to make yourself your own boss when it comes to selling your home. They have three separate packages that let you take advantage of the next-gen FISBO process. You pick your package and they handle everything from there. Professional photography, interactive 3D walkthroughs, which are phenomenal, by the way. They do the floor plans, room measurements, and then, of course, the listing. Then you will field offers and you're on your way. And why... Would selling it, the FISBO process, why would that mean so much? Because money savings are unreal. Uh, using a 2,000-square-foot home, selling for $350,000 at a 3% realtor listing fee of $10,500, they can save you up to $9,800. $9,800, that is no small sum when you're talking about selling your home. So if you're looking to sell your home, look into Community FISBO. It's an unreal next-gen process that you are sure to latch on to. Check them out at communityfisbo.com. That's communityfsbo.com. Or call them at 901-660-FISBO, 901-660-3726. Now, Jeff Calkins is scheduled to join on the other side, and we'll probably pick up right where we left off with this Malcolm Dandridge news. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.